The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. Yes, and a good evening to you all out there on a very good Monday night, especially being a Port fan. After we finally broke the hoodoo, yes, indeed, we finally beat the Crows after six attempts. Had had that five in a row, and we finally got over them. And geez, wasn't it a ripper on Saturday night? You're here with Bevo and Cam for your Monday night footy fix on the Big Footy Power podcast. I hope you're all going well. I'm sure you had a great day at work today. Um, pretty happy, I'm sure, most of you, especially being Port Power fans, that's for sure. The Crows, maybe not so much, but Cam. Good evening to you, mate, and I'm sure you're still on a high after the big win on Saturday night, mate. Oh, absolutely, I am, Bevo. Now, uh, what, what an unbelievable win. Uh, I, I've, I've got to say, uh, in watching that last quarter, mate, um, I was sitting on one couch uh, watching it on my phone uh, with my son, and my daughter was sitting on the other couch just minding her own business, and when Motlop's running into the 50 and I've got up and just gone, Motlop! She absolutely jumped out of her chair. She still hasn't forgiven me for it. <laughs> oh, wasn't it just sensational? I must admit, I was at the game and I reckon probably that's the loudest I've heard the crowd other than the final last year. And of course, um, that final when we just lost the Hawks over in Melbourne back in, I think it was 2014. Um, the crowd was just, oh, I actually sit behind the goals with the Port Cheer squad and the crowd, oh, when Motlock kicked that goal, was unbelievable. It was like a final, Cam. It was so good. And, you know, what a game, though. Let's let's sort of wrap it up. The first half, it was the Crows all over us, you know, winning by, or leading by 21 points at half time. And I, for one, sort of had a feeling we were going to come back. A lot of people, maybe not so much. And um, it was a Robbie Gray show in the third quarter, of course, kicking five goals and we kicked seven goals to two to have set up a two-goal lead at three-quarter time. And then with a few minutes to go, we were up by 17 points. And then the Crows kicked three goals in a row just very quickly, one to Betts, um, to Walker, and then McGovern after took, took that great mark. And, yeah, I think we were all sort of in shock, thinking how the hell did the Crows even get ahead so quickly? And, and a lot of us talking to each other thought the game was all over. And then, like you mentioned before, Stevie Motlock just showed his class and, what a what a sensational goal that was to kick that with. Yep. Yep. All right. So um yeah. So we were just talking before about about Stevie Motlock kicking the winner on Saturday night and showing all his class and and you know a couple of other recruits showed some really good form on Saturday night too. Rocky playing his. Whoops. Yes, mate. Yep. Sorry, mate. Just, <laughs> welcome to amateur hour. Just, just, just playing around with it. Um, Sorry about that, okay. listeners out there. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so getting back to what we were talking about before, so Motlop kicked that winner on Saturday night, and uh, Rocky had definitely his best game for the club of 31 disposals, and Jackie Watts had a pretty quiet sort of first half, but his second half was sensational, so... All three recruits making a difference and good to see that they're sort of silencing some of the critics of people that were saying that they Port made a mistake by getting these mature age recruits over the pre-season. What was your thoughts, Cam? Yeah, it was probably one of the first things I thought about after the game was, 
how good these recruits were. Uh, now, you know, Jack Watts certainly came into his own in the second half of the game. Uh, we, we talked about it, how... Um, oh, Rockcliffe, two weeks in the SANFL to just get a bit of touchback, and that really paid off for him. And, I mean... I, I thought he did a great job uh, in the first game against Fremantle, but I mean, really, last night or on Saturday night, uh, welcome to professional. Yeah, it was that goal he kicked was not an easy goal to kick. You know, he had Crows players um, all around him, and obviously he dodged Rory, Rory Atkins, who you know, his played a really good game for the Crows, and is a very not a very he's a very fast sort of man, so. The fact that he just evaded him was amazing in itself. And then just to show all his class on the run, 40 metres out, was just a superb goal. And, yeah, I'm sure he won't forget that one in a hurry. No, can, can you tell me, uh, so you were obviously there, you were down there behind the goals, and you did mention the noise earlier. I mean, was it, is it, just, was it just unbelievable? I mean, the week before I was at... Uh, at the new stadium in WA. And when the Eagles kicked a goal, you could tell that, look, there was atmosphere, people were excited, it, it, it had some noise. But it certainly doesn't have that 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 thunder or that, that roar that you would normally, uh, you know, that, that you would associate. Yeah. How was Adelaide Oval, mate? Oh, it was amazing. It was, yeah, it, was, it honestly felt like a final and um, had sort of memories of last year Obviously not the end of the game because <laughs> it was pure silence after that yeah. final, unfortunately. But um, but yeah, during the yeah. game it was so loud and you know when Port nearly beat the West Coast Eagles last year, the crowd was just going absolutely ballistic. And I sort of had that feeling on Saturday night because you know we'd been hammered from pillar, pillar to post. Ken Hinckley had copped it. Every, every you know player had copped it. All the media were writing us off and saying you know we're overrated and all that sort of stuff. And people were saying we we're going to get smashed by the Crows and. You know, the first half, the Crows are all over us. They were up by 21 at half time, and a lot of people sort of were starting to bag Hinkley again, saying it's just another showdown loss. But in that third quarter, into Robbie Gray and, and Chad Wingard as well, because he was another one that sort of hasn't been at his best. But he showed that how good a player he is with those couple of goals. And actually, it's funny, when he went on Rory Laird, Laird had 12 disposals in the first quarter, only had 27 for the rest of the game. And Wingard had a big difference in shutting him down as well. And also, yeah, Robbie Gray, five goals in the third quarter. That's his third showdown medal he's now won. He's also won All-Australian and three um, Port Power Best and Ferris as well. He's just, or Jack Howe medalist, I should say. And he's just going from strength to strength. He's 30 years old. Obviously, he's been through that horrible cancer um, in the past 12 months. But he's just playing the footy of his career again. And, you know, if Port can just part of that like they did in the second half, then... Who knows what's going to happen this year, Cam? Yeah, uh, it was a good uh, it was a good move um, that with uh, Wingard and Laird. It, it sort of it, Laird in the end was was actually forced to watch out for for Wingard. That's right. And so so yeah, what it was actually what it was able to do was take him a little bit away from his own game. And make him have to worry about Chad. So, uh, yeah, it was was quite a good uh, quite a good move there, I think, from Ken. It's funny you say that, and because this this cracks me up as well. 
I think I should be a coach, Cam, because on <laughs> on Saturday night, I said to my I was that. I said to my I said to my friend that I was sitting next to. I said, "Can someone please send Ken Hinckley a message and tell him like to bloody pick up Rory Laird because every week this guy gets thirty plus disposals and he's probably got one of the best efficiencies out of the Crows like in terms of his disposal and he can take a decent mark for a little fella as well and he's an all Australian like you know." He's one of Crow's best and fairest. The guy can play, and we just gave him no attention whatsoever in that first quarter. So thank goodness Hinkley put Wingard on him because that was probably one of the match-winning moves. Yeah, there were a couple of things at half-time around that too. I think uh, they were a bit in the second half. They came out a bit more uh, long and direct with the ball too. Yes. So uh, yeah, it, it seemed, and and it's interesting because in the the at half-time or just before half-time. Looking at the score, and I, I was absolutely disgusted at our kicking, uh, you know, our kicking for goal yes. compared to theirs, and how we would, we were so we'd had, you know, there was not a lot of difference between the number of scoring shots between the two sides. Yet then I looked at the rest of the stats and how how we'd done quite well. We, we'd had more of the ball. Our contested possessions were up. Uh, you know, it, it, it all seemed to be a number of things were in place for us. But it was like, okay, it's half time, guys. We're so much, apart from the scoreboard, we're so much in this game that, you know, there's plenty of time for us and plenty of opportunity for us. So, fortunately, at half time, the side did go in and regroup and, and consolidate. We, we managed to come out, and, and the second half was, well, the second half that, that, that we all saw. Yeah, and it's, you mentioned something before as well, Cam about going straight down the middle and, you know, kicking the ball long. As soon as we stopped stuffing around with it with this short short kicks and, sh- like, you know, handball, 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 and went straight down the middle and took risks, we were, we were like, so much better. And, and, you know, it makes it so much easier for the forwards as well because it makes it tougher for the defenders because the ball's getting, you know, kicked in quickly. And whereas, you know, just stuffing around with the short kicks and handballs makes it so hard for the forwards and the Crows' defence are, are laughing. And, and that was one yeah. of the other, definitely one of the keys, just your spot on there. And what turned the game around in the second half was that we were taking risks. We took the game on. It was the exciting Port Adelaide we saw last week against West Coast in that third quarter when we kicked those five goals. But it, the question has to be asked, why can't we do this from the start of the game? <laughs> you know, it's going to cost yes. us against a really, really good side like we saw last week against West Coast. And, you know, we play Richmond in a few weeks' time and we can't afford to, to give up a 20-point lead every game because the good sides like your Richmonds and, and and these sort of sides are gonna are gonna bury us. Yeah, my biggest worry, you're right, my, my biggest worry uh, early in that game and uh, I don't know about you, but my, my build up for the game, I, I was sort of feeling I, I had that those those same nerves as, as like a final or, or something like that. Yeah. And um, you, you know you know what it's like. It's, it's going to be a big game, and we, we must perform, and we've got to do well. And I, I was I was getting quite uh, antsy about the whole thing. Um, then we've kicked the first goal, and then they've come along and kicked the next couple. And I'm just starting to think, you know, why? What what, what have we done? To, you know, what have we done to deserve this Port Adelaide? <laughs> and uh, so. I was getting really quite concerned and really quite agitated about it all. So, oh, yeah, look, um, I, I think, yeah, as you say, it was good. Eventually, 
they came out in the second half and, and did it. But you're right. Why can't we get? Why can't we kickstart it from the start of the game? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we kicked the first goal of the match, but then obviously the Crows kicked four in a row after that. So, yeah, yeah. that's that's a, definitely a concern. Um, and let's hope they can, you know, get off to a great start against the Gold Coast in China this week, um, which I'm sure will be another big clash for the for the power. And let's hope we can take some some good winning form into that game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we. We're certainly going to need to, but um, look, I mean, we can sort of talk a bit about the, the next about next week's game. But uh, I think yes. the, the the thing is, if we can play every week like we played in that um, in that second half with with that level of intensity, we're going to be a very good. So we we can beat almost anyone on the day. Yeah, hundred percent. No, I'm with you, and I reckon one of the keys, obviously um, he came back into the side last week and um, wasn't at his at his best, Natanui, and, and Lysette probably overshadowed him a little bit there, and that's Paddy Ryder, but, geez, on Saturday night, wasn't some of his tap work to Robbie Gray, wasn't it just poetry in motion? And, and, you know, Jacobs has won three showdown medals, so he's an absolute star in his own right as a ruckman for the Crows, but, you know, we saw... On Saturday night, Ryder kicked two goals, had 39 hitouts, um, and quite a bit of the footy as well. He just had such a big influence on the game, didn't he? Yeah, he did, and it's good to have Ryder back. I uh, saw him the week before against West Coast, and you could see he was just getting into it. And even with with not a huge amount of influence, you could see the team just looked a little bit better with him around. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I 100% agree with you. He makes such a big difference to our side, and yeah, we certainly can't afford to lose him again. That's for sure. And it also, um, we've noticed as well the last couple of weeks that Westy's been playing really good footy, and he's been sort of freed up a bit as well. Because remember a few weeks ago when we beat the Roos, Dixon rucked the whole game and allowed Westoff to play, you know, his floating role. And actually, the last few weeks he's been sensational. And again on Saturday night, had 26 disposals and was roaming all over the place and you know taking marks and getting in the right spots when we need him. So. I mean, we could go on or not. There were so many good players um, on Saturday night. Perhaps we should go through some of the some of the best ones, Cam. But um, I personally thought that, yeah, Westy was great. And Tommy Jonas, he's, geez, if he doesn't get All-Australian this year, um, if he keeps playing the way he is at the moment, then there's certainly something wrong there because he he just really killed Eddie Betts. And whilst Betts kicked a few goals, like Jonas definitely had the better of him for the match and you know, took 10 marks, 20-plus disposals himself and... You know, he is just on fire at the moment. Another one who Port can't afford to lose and just shows how much we missed him in that final against West Coast last year. Yeah, Jonas is uh, Jonas is very, very much turning into my uh, my favourite defender in the whole competition. Um, I, I really like uh, I really like Jeremy McGovern, but um, I, now I like Tommy Jonas even more <laughs> because. <laughs> Look, without him, I mean, he has been a real difference. Now, he's he's a very good negating uh, backman, but it just seems now he's also getting a lot of the ball too uh, himself. Now, he he has such a huge impact down there. And when you actually get to look at him closely and see the work that he does and see how hard he, how hard he works, he, he also has to know 
where the ball's coming in and stop his opponent because he's always playing on the opponent that's 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 going to be the most kicked to. Yes. And he's really got he works very hard to make sure that he's in the position to try and beat that person. Now, what he'll often do is he can get himself in the way of the player so that they don't get a clear lead out to out to the, the, the person kicking down. What that does forces the ball in the air, and when the ball's in the air, Tommy is just great. He's you know, he's just absolutely sensational. Uh, you know, Mark's being able to defend in the air uh, that really suits him. Yeah, you're right, spot on. And a couple of the young guys as well that we should definitely mention were were Howard and Houston. I mean, Howard had 14 disposals, um, kept Tex Walker pretty quiet for most of the match, and and young Houston. You know, he just uses the ball so well, hardly ever, hardly ever misses a kick and, you know, had 24 disposals. He's starting to play the really good footy that we know that he's capable of as well. Yeah, it's good to see these young guys who are, who are stepping up. I mean, this is our, this is our back line of the future. Yeah. So, uh, you, you're right, they are. They're doing a great job. And I think oh, Nathan Bassett last week said uh, after the Eagles game that what they really want to see... That, they, they know how Tom Jonas is going to play every week. Uh, he's, he's very consistent in the way that he plays. They now want some of these other guys like Houston, etc., to to become more consistent so they know what they're going to get out of them each week. Uh, not to say that they're not any good. He's, he was just sort of saying, look, you know, one week they'll give you one thing, another week they'll give you another. We want to see what it is, you know, how they actually play. Yeah. No, spot on. And, and whilst we're on the young guys as well, um, poor old Sam Pau Pepper, he's had a, a bit of a shocking month and the poor guy's just been, again, just hammered from pillar to post and booed by pro sports on Saturday night and, you know, cops, just a real hammering, which I feel really sorry for the young lad because he's only 19 years old, for goodness sakes. And, um, you know, the way he played on Saturday night in his return to the power, he was so important, and he hit that really important goal in the third term, that big bomb from beyond 50, which he seems to do on a regular basis for Port. He was just so important on Saturday night at the contest, in and under, and, you know, with Rockcliffe and Wines and Travis Boak as well, we end up sort of winning the contested footy by 20, which is a huge improvement. 60, um, when you consider, like, it's a 62, uh, what's the contested possession turnaround, when you consider that last week we lost it by 42, that was huge, wasn't it, Cam? Yeah, look, actually, and I might actually add to that. So when, when you talk about Sam Pelpepper, um, who was it? Uh, one of our listeners, Scott, Ken Collins has put, uh, loved SPP's game after putting up the crap from the players in the crowd. Clutch goal in the uh, fourth quarter too. I mean, that was awesome. Porsche, you know. Uh, SPP's goal was a bullet, loved it. Um, uh, Windy Runner as well, special to see SPP and, and Bokey Barris um, after the goal. So, Fantastic. Look, I mean, Sam Pell Pepper, and, and I'll talk about, I'll just mention Rockliffe in this as well, uh, looked at their hard ball gets or their, their contested balls uh, against uh, who did we play the week before Norwood. Yeah, that's right. In the in the in the SNFL. So a lot of the talk last week was how we needed more contested possession. And then to see that see what Pal Pepper 
and Rockliffe had done in the SANFL the week before, it was a very clear and obvious answer. And it was the one thing I was looking forward to all week, seeing these guys back and, yeah, particularly, as you say, Sam Pal Pepper. I do also want to say, with Pal Pepper, yeah, look, you're right. All these people that don't know him, who judged him, particularly the peanuts in the SANFL, yep. the Dolwood supporters who, who, who think it's a bit of a badge of honour to have gone to the, the footy and boot SPP. Well, good on you, idiots. Exactly. Uh, look at how he played. Yeah, look at how he stuck it up from on the weekend. The guy is an absolute champion. Yeah, and that's why that's why I reckon it meant so much to the boys on Saturday night. You saw them singing the song in the changes, which, you know, almost brought a tear to my to be honest, being a Port Power fan and, you know, how much it meant to the boys game it was just such such a great win by the club and I rate it as one of the best sort of wins of Port Power well, our time since we've been in the competition since 1997 Ken. Yeah it is it's certainly up there uh, um, particularly when we look at showdowns there was of course the one uh, a few years back with um, uh, Monfries's goal yeah. <laughs> and, and, and Wickard's effort there was one back in 2002 where we were down by about seven goals and I think we ended up getting up by about 10 points yep. in the end. That one was pretty special at the time too. But I, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. I think there was something about this one. There was some real magic about the win the other night. You know, 50,000 people. Uh, we, we came back. It was topsy-turvy. And, and with 20 seconds to go and what actually happened was just, yeah, you're right, was very special. <laughs> and uh, it's funny, we're both eating a bit of humble pie this week as well, mate, because <laughs> we, we were disappointed in Jakey Needs game last week, which a lot of people were, understandably, you know, didn't have a kick against West Coast. But, geez, didn't he eat up, make us eat a bit of humble pie on Saturday night? He was amazing, wasn't he? His tackling pressure and even, you know, he was involved in that last contest, of course, um, when the ball spilled to Mumphreys. And he was the one that actually caused the, the big hit between um, Douglas and McGovern colliding into each other. And a lot of people forget that. And just his tackling pressure, and he might not have had a, a great deal of the footy on Saturday night, but his tackling pressure, for the smallest guy on the ground, he was amazing, I reckon, on Saturday night, Ken. Did you just say something about the ball falling to Montfries? No, no, no. Motlop, um, Motlop. <laughs> I don't know. I just see the number of times, and, and I don't know if, if you were like me, but uh, Needy had done you know, the, the tackle pressure or you know the, the good handball or, or whatever he's done, and you go, oh, that was Needy, as if to say, oh, I didn't expect that. And by the end of it, he'd done enough good things where you go, he really put in a good effort tonight. Yes, no, he did. He was superb. <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was good. I just remember one situation, um, it was on the boundary line, he's um, tackled Jakey Kelly over the line, and, and I thought, yeah, that's, that's needy at his best. And I guess we just want consistency from him, and we know he's never going to get a great deal of the footy, and that's not what he's in the side for. Kenny wants him in the side to you know kick a couple of goals and provide that forward pressure, but, geez, if he can play like he did on Saturday night every week, then he's going to be a very important player for us this year, Ken. Yeah, it was the sort of thing, when he first came on board, Needy, was, um, th that was what we'd expected of him. And we, we saw some really good glimpses of him early in his career, and he, he, he looked like, uh, you know, that sort of player. Well, it's like we're finally starting to see that back again. 
which is which is great for him and and great for like it's a great his footy and and even better for the team. And it, yeah, he's sort of one of the ones that you look at when you go, all right, well, oh, a few question marks. How did he go? And you you look at how neat he went. And you go, oh, he was great. He was good. Yeah, no, he was excellent. And I think um, we talked about Tom Marshall just a moment ago that, you know, can't wait for him to come back inside. He won't come on, come back in against the Gold Coast, uh, of course, but hopefully the week after that because I think it's going to help Jack Watts a heck of a lot as well, having Tom Marshall on the side because what it will allow is um, Jackie Watts to be more like a, a floating player, a bit like what Westy's doing at the moment. And um, Dixon, Charlie Dixon's not in the best form you know, we can't really have a guy at him because last year he had such a great year and you can't expect him to be that good every year. But um, I'll tell you what, if you can get Toddy Marshall into that side, he was playing really good footy before he obviously had that sad passing of his dad. Um, if we can get him back in the side, I think it's just going to make us stronger and stronger. And, you know, um, Jackie Watts, it'll well, make his footy even better, I think, because he'll, you know, then he can just sort of roam around, as I said. And, yeah, I, I can just see the power going from strength to strength if Marshall comes back into the side. Um, can I actually, we're all very excited about Todd Marshall, I know I am in particular, yeah. about him coming into the side. Now, uh, I don't know whether you've got the answer to this or if people on the live chat want to make a contribution, but uh, I wonder who he comes in for. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been thinking about it today. I, I, I'm thinking, because yeah, look, we, we, we are rightly so. We're all very excited about Todd Marshall coming back in, but um, I'm just wondering, I'm just trying to think who goes out. Now, I haven't thought long and hard about it, so I thought I'll put it out there tonight. I don't know if you've thought about it yourself. but No, uh, no. I know we, We've got some good people on, on the live chat who, who've always got some, some pretty good ideas and opinions. I'd be interested to see what people think of that. It's a good point. I suppose it comes down to, to match-ups and the weather the next few weeks as well because if it's a if it's a wet night, say, um, I think in the next couple of weeks we play we play Gold Coast, obviously, in China, and then we've got a few games in a row coming up at home. That includes the Richmond and the Western Bulldogs and another couple of other sides I can't remember. But um, it all depends on match-ups and... And yeah, the conditions because obviously if it's going to be wet, then then maybe they might bring him back through the magpies. So yeah, it's a very interesting point you raised there, Cam. I, I didn't think about that one, but <laughs> well, well, Porsche has suggested we've got four tall forwards, um, so maybe no, sorry, four tall defenders. So maybe one of them has to come out. Um, yeah, pro- probably uh, probably a fair comment. Yeah, although Homsch and Clary were really good on Saturday night too, and yeah. you can't really. <laughs> He can't drop them at the moment, so it's a yeah. I guess it's a good headache for Ken Hinckley to have. <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, if we were talking about them, then okay. Between Homs and Clary, funny. I, I, my opinion's changed a little bit since uh, maybe four to six weeks ago. Um, I would have said uh, Homs for sure, or Homs didn't really have a chance of getting back in the side. But I, I'm almost thinking Clary would be the one to uh, to come out. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to drop Homsch because Homsch's been fantastic since he's been back in the side. So, yeah, you might be right. I guess it all depends on how Clary goes this week against the Suns. Yeah. Um, we should we should just talk about that game, Ken, because that's a big one. It's it's almost been forgotten about in a way because the showdown was so big on Saturday night. But we've got a huge game this Saturday against the Suns over there in China, and 
we know how big it was last year with the build-up this year. Not quite as big being the second time around, but no, nevertheless, it's going to be a big game for Port. Hopefully, we can string two in a row together. And um, the Suns are struggling a little bit, but as we know in the AFL, you can never ride off the side. And the Suns did win their first few games of the year. Yeah, they, they started off reasonably competitively. Uh, I think they've got a few injuries at the moment. Uh, um, have, have you got the injury list there? I know uh, t- uh, Tom Lynch. Yes. Uh, um, he, he's injured at the moment. Yeah, um, I think Swallow's, Swallow's out as well. And um, yeah, Peter, Wright's, uh, Peter Wright's out. So I think Sam Day got suspended, I, so... Yeah. Actually, I'll jump on that. I think Peter Wright got 20 disposals in the NEFL this weekend. Oh, so he might be back in. Potentially, yeah. 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 Something I saw uh, uh, earlier that uh, he did quite well in the NEFL and, and might be seen as a uh, as a replacement this week. Okay, interesting. And how did you see the Stephen May incident with the umpire? I think that's pretty fair in the end, did you? Yeah, yeah, I think... There's, that doesn't bother me. There's nothing in it, and um, yeah, I have no problem with him not not being suspended for that. So yeah, it's it's one of those things where common sense has to prevail. Um, I mean, there was the the big contentious one last week was Nick Nat Newey on Carl uh, Amon. Yes. Um, that, that yeah, I got really sick of hearing that. I think with with this one that just happened today. Yeah, let him go. Uh, he gets to play this week, and, and it's fine. Well, the thing is, if if Amon didn't get injured, would would have none knew he got a week? Because I think these days it's all about the the injury, isn't it? And and that seems to be what happens. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think it had an impact. Um, a, a lot of people are sort of saying, well, you, you've got to punish the action and not the result. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think the result has to have some sort of impact uh, on, on the punishment because, you know, it, it's it's sort of like an eye for an eye, I guess. If uh, Eamon couldn't play this week, then Nat Newey was careless. Why, why should he play? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? So, um, But, yeah, we're getting back to the Suns. They've still got some classy players in that side and obviously um, one of those players is Jack Martin who kicked four goals to the Suns in their 69-point loss to the Dees on Saturday night. He's having a really good year, and he's one the power will certainly have to watch. Yeah, he certainly will. Um, now, the, the Suns, I'm still a little bit... Uh, t- it takes me a good week before I get get used to the players. <laughs> um, but, but, but that's okay. Um, yeah, look, there, there certainly are going to be a few players to look out for there. But really, the Suns haven't been a big problem for us and without being... Without being too complacent or anything like that, they they don't tend to cause us a lot of headaches. Last year we had to. Um, oh, yeah, last year was that that final game of the season where we just we ran all over them. Yes. Um, yeah, we had to win by I can't remember what it was to to get our percentage up, and we absolutely smashed them. Yeah. And. And early when we played them in Shanghai, same sort of thing. So, yeah, it, it, um, no, look, it, it's they don't hold too many fears for us. Yeah, you're probably right. And a former Port Adelaide player who's um, a fan favourite, let's be honest, uh, that's Aaron Young. It'd be, be nice to see yeah. you know, him, him playing well on Saturday. Obviously, 
Port will get the win, hopefully. But it'd be nice to see Aaron Young getting a bit of the footy. Yeah, wouldn't mind with Aaron. Um, look, he's good play. He went he went up there for more opportunity, and that's understandable. Um, you know that that's fair enough, and, and no problem with Aaron Young. So yeah, it will actually be interesting to see how he goes against us, um, particularly in that Gold Coast side. So. Look, with our side, he, he had a lot of good people around him. Uh, I don't know if, if Gold Coast quite have the experience or leadership that the Port have. So, yeah, I wonder how it's all sort of panning out for him. I'm also interested to see uh, from the listeners online if, if anyone else is, if any of our listeners are, are going to Shanghai. Yeah, good, uh, good point. To see the game. Yeah, if anyone's going, just, just chuck on there or if you are or you're not. Um, I can tell you someone who I believe isn't, and that's Jasper Pittard. Yeah, what's <laughs> what's what's the deal there? Because um, yeah, he's a bit out of, out of favour at the moment, isn't he, with Ken? Yeah, yeah, I think he is. But uh, I, I think with Pittard, I mean, when you look at how well the side went the other night, it's very hard to to find a, a weakness in that side. And so, really, Jasper was a little bit on the edge. Now, I, I'd said last week that I expected he'd play for the showdown. Uh, as it turns out, obviously he didn't, and Ken did have to make big changes, and he did. So Jasper was a result of that, and I guess he's just going to. I think we, we've got West Adelaide this week, so I guess he'll be um, he'll be playing at Alberton this weekend. Yeah, I reckon, and I guess Kenny just wants to like. We know he has a, a very important player to our side, and you know we signed him onto a contract and and stuff like that. So I'm sure Kenny knows that he can play and. He probably just wants him to get a bit of form in the SNFL, maybe for a couple of weeks in a row, and then bring him back into the side, hopefully. Well, Jasper's a 100-game-plus player, so he knows what he's got to do. He's been doing it long enough. Um, I, I, it reminds me of, of, you know, I've been involved in junior footy for a long time, and you see a kid and they, um, they're prepared to, they'll, they'll have a go. They think, I'm going to get the ball, I'm going to have a bounce, or I'm going to do something. And sometimes they get caught and sometimes they don't. And we always send the message out to them that at least you had a go. And yes. I always think that with Jasper. But I guess, unfortunately, at this level, there's just much more at stake than, than a junior footy game. So, yes. Yeah, you're spot on. And um, getting back to the Maggies, yeah, they take on Westies on Sunday, as you mentioned, Ken. Um, they haven't got Trengo, McKenzie, uh, Amon, um, and some of the, oh, Barry as well, because they've all gone over to China. So this is going to be a big test for the Maggies. And, okay. Yeah, so I'm sure there's a few a few top-up players that's going to be required to, to play on Sunday against Westies. Yeah, well, that, that'll be interesting for them. Um, yeah, look, West Adelaide early in the season got absolutely spanked by North Adelaide. And... You know, when I hear SANFL supporters say, oh, Port Adelaide's not good for the integrity of the comp because, you know, their players, uh, they're just playing reserves, so they're not trying. Well, when you see that effort by West Adelaide, you reckon Port Adelaide are the problem. <laughs> um, but West Adelaide have, you know, look, West, Westies have um, they've improved. They've, they've certainly picked up now. So yeah. uh, that is going to be quite a test for our side. I didn't realise that. I, I haven't had a chance to look. I didn't realise those players were going, particularly Trango, who I'm really keen to see play for us. But yes. look, he hasn't played footy in about three weeks, I think. Now he hasn't played since the third game. So, um, 
I just just wonder how he's going. I hope he's going to get inside soon because uh, yeah, he's he's going to need a run. Yeah, I'm with you. I think he's full of class and and yeah, obviously at the moment we can't really drop him because we mentioned before the team played too well on Saturday night to drop anyone. But yes, yeah, next couple of weeks it'd be nice to see Jack uh, get a game with the power and show his stuff. But yeah, well, he might have to play maybe another one or two more games in the SNFL to get some form and um, get some running his legs out, like I mentioned before, because he's missed those last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so back to the Suns. I mean, I think you've, you've sort of listed a couple of players who, who need to be watched, a couple of players to look out for. Is that right, Ben? Yeah, so yeah, Jack Martin kicked four uh, in their win in their loss sorry, to the Ds to the on Saturday night. And another one that's uh, playing some pretty good footy for the Suns this year is Took Miller. He had 28 disposals for them. And, and a former Crows player, Jared Lyons, probably in his career best form at the moment for the Suns. And Aaron Hall's another one who's really a good player for the Suns. He had 23 disposals against the D. So they're probably a few of their main players to watch out for. Um, yeah, they do have a lot of injuries at the moment. And obviously Tom Lynch is their best player that's not in the side. So that certainly helps us. <laughs> Yes, and has has really uh, he, his career has really um, gone quite well over the years. I, I've sort of followed him a little bit, and um, yeah, I, I quite like the way he goes. And definitely can be dangerous. Um, so yeah, there's there's a couple of those guys. Took Miller as well has been yeah same sort of thing. A, a, a few of them have come along. Um, the the Ruckman Wits. Yes, he's gone well, hasn't he, since he's crossed from Collingwood? Yeah, he got, uh, I think that this week he got nearly 40 hit-outs. Week before, I think he got around 50 or so. Oh, wow. Um, and this is where it's important for us to have, the, or the, the great thing about having Paddy Ryder back, because obviously Paddy's going to challenge him. Uh, otherwise, he could just be one of those Ruckman. Wits could be another one of those Ruckman who's just, too tall for us, and we'll win the hitouts, and we'll allow Gold Coast to get first use of the ball. Now, look, having said that, Gold Coast, um, when they do have the ball, I think one of the one of the interesting stats about their side is their number one for clangers in the comp. Oh, right, interesting. Yeah, so um, there, there's a few things there. That, yeah, they, look, they're also. So a couple of interesting stats about Gold Coast. They're number one for clangers. They are also number one for tackles. Now, tackles is something we really came along with. We did quite well this week. Uh, so the, the, that, should, that should make things fairly interesting for the two sides. Yeah, definitely, especially considering the Gold Coast are near the bottom of the ladder. Um, the fact they're yeah. leading the tackles is... Uh, yeah, quite an interesting one. I guess uh, Stewie Dew was a pretty hard player for the power and he's he's got them, you know, tackling pretty hard and being a pretty good defensive side. Well, it, it probably has something to do with the fact that they're ranked 17th for disposals. So <laughs> the fact that they haven't got the ball means they need to be doing something. Yes. Um, so, look, they, they're not... As, as much as they've got... Um, which dominating or well going quite well in the ruck, he does at times struggle against 
um, stronger ruckman. I think Paddy will be will have it all over him. They don't necessarily do all that well in clearances. So, look, Gold Coast are still they've come back. Let, let's say they've gone back to being a developing side. Yes, they're struggling with injuries to key players, and I think this is going to be a bit of a problem for them on the weekend. Yeah, I think you're right. And geez, Gold Coast have been really disappointing, haven't you? Haven't they? When you consider it, you know they they went out and picked all those gun players like yeah your Ablets and your Harbrows and your, these sort of guys when they first started. And um, really, you know, they haven't played finals. They've been a major disappointment, the Gold Coast Suns. Yeah. Let's not forget they also had Ken Inkley and they had Charlie Dixon. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but, yeah, that, that's the thing. I mean, they had Jaeger O'Meara. They, they had a number of players who have since left. Yeah. And uh, it's, uh, yeah. I mean, it's not great. It's not great for Gold Coast, but um, but that's the way it is. You, you sort of half suspected that was going to happen when they they went out. They got all those concessions that a number of players were going to leave eventually for whatever reason, salary cap and better offers. So, look, other clubs have obviously Port Adelaide have benefited from that uh, from from that legacy. Yeah, that's right. And um, we should mention as well, Cam, that uh, your well, your second team, Western Australia, because <laughs> um, oh, of course I'm sure you, you you'd be you would have been going for SA on on Saturday, wouldn't you? Or were you going for WA? No, no, I, I was. I, I always go for SA. Um, Good man. Now, so <laughs> I I, um, I listen to it over here on Sport FM. Yep. And um, that was being broadcast. So I was listening on, on my station, Sport FM, being broadcast by your station, Life FM. Yep, where, where, so, where you can hear me on weekends. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's right. That, so they were playing through the same stream. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, look, I mean, we didn't uh, – there, there was something a little bit bittersweet about it. The fact that Stephen Summerton wasn't playing, yes. I, I sort of thought, yeah, Oh, what? I don't care. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, the, the fact that, that, that there was no Port Adelaide representation in the side, I just thought, oh, well, there, there you go. Um, WA's Jai Bolton won the, the Simpson medal for WA. Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people very happy over here with the win. I mean, it's not much bigger than, than, what it, than the attention it would have got in South Australia, but... Um, yeah, it was it was interesting to see we had a South Australia a strong start and um, WA were able to peg them back and and just keep them there. Yeah, that's right. And another former Port Magpies player we should mention Zane Kirkwood is yep. a Joel McGarry medalist, absolute star of the competition. I can't believe he's never played AFL to be honest with you. But anyway, it's another one that's um, that hasn't played AFL footy that should have. Stephen Summons definitely fits in that category, but maybe I'm a bit biased because they're both Maggies, but. Um, yeah, Zane Kirkwood yeah. was a was a star on Saturday and definitely deserved to win the Foss Williams. That's the the best player for South Australia, of course, um, in that game. And as you mentioned, Cam, they went down to West Australia for the second time in a row now at the Adelaide Oval. So yeah, WA I guess uh, have bragging rights to be the best side outside the AFL in terms of domestic competitions. Yeah, well now they are calling themselves the number one state league comp. So. Uh... <laughs> Well, they are. The, the thing is, I, I will say this. I mean, look, I've got a lot to do with the WSL, but uh, look, they don't get the crowds 
anywhere near the crowds that the SNFL get. Um, yeah, it's not quite the same. It doesn't seem – look, because of that, it doesn't quite have the same parochialism either amongst the supporters. Um, yeah, so, look, and, and Peel Thunder have won the last two premierships, uh, being Fremantle's um, reserve side, have um, have beaten Subiaco, who were the best side each year, but were able to get players back for finals. So, yeah, to say it's the second best competition in the country, also well, yeah, out of the AFL, I, I still think the SNFL is overall a better league. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and and your thoughts on State of Origin? I mean, um, you mentioned before about the crowds are, are sort of down with the, the state leagues over in Western Australia, and for sample, you're getting pretty reasonable crowds, and they had it as a as a curtain raiser, and had a reasonable crowd there on Saturday for the game. Yeah, I, look. Uh... Uh, state of Origin's gone. That's dead buried. Uh, don't worry about that. I do like the idea of state league footy. I yeah. think that's great. But you, you know, you still got to have that competition versus competition. It was, I reckon, it was a great move to put it as a curtain raiser. Uh, now that they don't have the, the large warm up times and that sort of thing for AFL games, uh, it was a good move where they could have it a bit closer to the start of the showdown. And so the players got to play in front of a reasonable crowd. A, a friend of mine was over there, and he he's from WA, or he's a South Australian, but lives over here. And he went to the game, and he, he messaged me right at the start and said, hey, mate, how good is this? We've got the, the state game as the curtain raiser. Um, <laughs> good thing is, too, he, he, he's a Crows supporter. Oh, right. So it was great to, uh, it was great to get into him. Uh, <laughs> yes, I enjoyed I enjoyed that too because I've been copying it a lot over the last uh, few years. Because as I mentioned before, it was five in a row to the Crows before that. So yeah, it was definitely good yeah. to get one back on. That's for sure. Um, anyway, mate, um, I think we'll wrap it up there, Kim. But it's been a great show, mate. Thanks so much for for coming on and really enjoy that bragging about Saturday night's win. <laughs> oh, it was great. I look, couldn't wait for tonight. Though. I guess we looks like we had a few hiccups at the start and. Um, a few people got to hear my incompetence um, <laughs> around this sort of thing, and uh, as as well as yours. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, we, we might have provided some of that uh, ad hoc entertainment that uh, you get. You too. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Cheers. See you, mate. Bye. He ignores it. He goes long to Eben. Bouncing ball. Back of the pack. Stuart Jew. Box back there. Needs to rush it. Jew off the deck. The Jew kick. The ball. Has slowed it. The ball barracks for Paul.